Good morning. Am I speaking loud enough? I'm, I'm always told I don't. Am I speaking loud enough? Good. It's great to have the, the uh, speakers working. For those of you who may not know who I am, my name is Fred Cummings. I'm one of the elders here at the church. There are a lot of you that are new, and so you wouldn't know me. So here I am. Good morning. Good morning. It is, uh, it's always uh, nerve-wracking to be here, to see all of you all out there, and to know that in speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself, and um, we'll all learn something, I hope. I hope we'll learn something. Um, before I start, I'd ask if you all would bow your heads with me and we pray, and then we'll get into it here. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you this morning, Lord, as sinners, sinners who do not, who are not worthy of your grace and your mercy, but we are thankful, Lord, that you've extended it to us. We ask you, Father, as we are here to worship you, that you bless us all, that you guide our hearts, our minds, and our souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I am going to continue where John left off in James, starting at uh, the fourth chapter, the 13th through the 17th verses. Now, it should be brought to mind that at the beginning of this chapter, there was some um, discussion of conflict, discussion of judgmental attitudes, and bragging also was a problem. We've gotten to the end of the chapter and we're going to address boasting, bragging, presumptuousness, things that all of us do, usually on a daily basis. And you may not think you do, but I'm gonna guarantee you that you do. So we'll start. James 4, 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you don't, do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, we're going to walk through this verse by verse. We'll try to attach each verse to the next and try to put the whole thing together. The idea here is that we need to be cognizant of the fact that we are not God. It's that simple. There's nothing else that has to be said about that, but most of us forget it on a fairly daily basis. Now, I work in a, a business where presumptuousness is part of it. You know, babies being delivered, moms getting pregnant, assuming what's going to happen at the end, um, and I'm in agriculture planting plants in the ground and then assuming what's going to come out in the end, and I will tell you that 99% of the time, I'm wrong. And, and, and not because of anything more than things happen. 
things happen. And if you depend upon yourself for those things, you are going to fail. If you don't put the Lord in your life on a constant basis, you'll fail. Now, doesn't mean that you can't have aspirations, doesn't mean that you can't say, I'd like to do this, I'm gonna do that, but you must include the Lord in your plans. And we tend to forget that. Now, this first verse, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Now, James was talking to Jewish Christians, some of which were businessmen, and they had decided, particularly these people, that they were going to move off to another city, take their goods with them, spend a year there, and leave there with profit. That's what they were going to do, hands down. And I will tell you that that just doesn't happen. Now, they had presumed that their goods were good enough, that they were going to have travel to get where they were going, and that people are going to want to buy what they had to sell, and they were going to make a profit. They presumed every bit of that. How often, when you make plans, do you presume that the outcome will be what you feel it would be. And if you do that, how often have you asked the Lord if it is your will? Will you guide my plans? Will you take care of my thoughts? Will you take care of my products? Will you make them so that others would like to have them, that they would be useful to them? And if it's good, that I might have an increase. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, just for waking up? How many of you say, thank you, Lord, for just getting out of bed? How many of you get up, walk to the bathroom, and thank you, Lord, for letting me get to the bathroom? Trust me, some people can't get there. Some people can't get there. How many of you, after you've done all of your machinations and all the things that you do stop before your day becomes full of things to do and pray, Lord, please guide my day. I will tell you that some of you in this room do that. I will tell you that most of you in this room don't do that. Why? Because we're all too busy getting to the end of the day. I uh, deliver babies. And that's all that I do. The mothers labor. They huff and they puff and they, and they push the babies out. And if they need me, I catch the baby. Everybody laughs about that, but trust me, if you're a woman and you've had a baby, you know who does work, all right? You, you know that. Uh, doctors don't do the work, but it, for some reason we get a lot of praise for that. People. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. Cummins. I'm like, oh, yeah, I thank you for giving me a job because, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't deliver babies, I catch babies. But be that as it may, have you ever looked at what you actually do and how effective you are in what you do? Or are you uh, consumed with yourself and your self-importance? Now, in Luke, there is a, a story 
about a gentleman, agriculturalist, culturalist who uh, has a lot of crops. He makes a lot of crops. He's got so much that he doesn't know what to do with it. And he decides, he's talking to his soul, and he decides, let's take all this stuff and store it up so that I can, uh, or that we can retire and we can enjoy our life for the rest of our life. And then God requires his soul. Done. Now, if you have decided that you know the future, please talk to me. <laughs> because I need to find out what you've got. Because none of us, none of us know the future. We would like to think that we know the future. We would like to impress other people that we can tell you what's going to happen. But the reality is that we live second by second. We live in the moment, second by second. People can be driving in their car, everything's fine, the next thing you know, there's an accident. They did not plan that, they did not know that. People can be walking down the street and all of a sudden they trip and they fall. Why? Because there was a stone down there that they weren't looking at and they hit it and they fell. Now they may have injured themselves and, and that's okay. They got up, they walked away. I've had uh, patients in my early practice, a young lady who I knew what size her baby was going to be, and it was only going to be one baby. And she huffed and she puffed and she delivered her child. And I said, wait a minute. Her stomach didn't go down. And sure enough, that other baby that she didn't know she was having, and I didn't know that she was having, <laughs> came forth. So she had twins, and she asked me, Dr. Cummings, what happened? I said, you had twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. So uh, it's, it, you should know those things. You should know that in all the planning that we do, and all of the effectiveness that we think we have, many times we are not if ever, in control. And trust me, I'm a guy who thinks I'm in control all of the time. You know, uh, yeah, I can do this, yes, I can do that. I was raised that way. And until the Lord showed me that, no, no, I'm in control. I'm in control. And I think that for every person in this room, at some point in time, you've had that experience whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's something very personal, the Lord has said to you, whoa, slow down. Let's re-register and let's talk about who's in control. Now, in the 14th verse, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Now, in the text, a vapor is a mist. And I don't know how many people have little spritzers that you can spray the, the water, try to cool yourself off. But if you took that and put it in front of you and sprayed it, it's gone. Or if you um, look at a cloud, if you look very closely at clouds, and clouds are nothing but water. 
mist that's condensed. If you pay attention to a cloud, the shape is always changing because it's a mist. And you're being told here that even though you're planning on going to another city with your goods to sell for a year and make a profit, that you're just a mist. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be very clear in your mind that pay attention to now. Pay attention to now. Tomorrow's coming. It's going to happen. You may be there. You may not be there. Things that you planned on may happen. They may not happen. But you are here now. Pay attention to now and do everything you can do under the guidance of the Lord now. And so James says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Now, think about yourselves. How many of you say, if the Lord wills, I'll drive my car from my garage to my work today? How many of you say, if the Lord wills, there'll be food in the kitchen? in the pantry. There'll be breakfast on the table, if the Lord wills. And, and it shouldn't be this little mantra that if the Lord wills. It should be integral. It should be something that is in you. You as believers should understand, feel, walk, and, and, and have applied to your mind and your soul all day long that everything that is happening is because God deems it so has nothing to do with all of your intelligence, all of your might, all of your willingness. It has to do with God allowing these things to happen. Now, we, we get wound up in ourselves. We, we do. And, and, and I'm no different than anyone else. The point is, I gave my life to Christ a number of years ago. And for that to be something that is effective, I need to really have given my life to Christ. Now, I say that because 99% of the time, God's okay. You know, but I've got a few things I can take care of myself. I, 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 can, I can do that, God, don't worry. No, you can have this part. I'm going to take this piece right here because I'm Fred. I can do that. Well, the fact is that God wants one Zero, zero. Hundred percent. You want him to 100% save you, then I think you should 100% trust him. And not presume anything. But 100% trust him. And I'm talking about with everything. Not with part of it. Not kind of. Well, you know, I bothered God yesterday. I think I won't bother him today. And, and we, we do that. We, we do those things. We'll kind of say, I can do this. I can do this. I'm, I always use examples of myself because my life is not very exciting. Uh, and, and so there was a point when I was uh, in medical school, and I felt that I could finish medical school in three years because I could do that, and that I could ignore a 
health issue that I had been told about, and I said, I can exercise and take care of that. And while in rounds as an intern, excuse me, as, as a first year medical student, I uh, fainted. I mean, I was gone. Boop, there you go. There goes Fred. Okay, all right. <laughs> and and uh, my professors, you know, they, I came around and all, and they said, well, are you sick? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm, I exercise every day. I work out. I do all kinds of things. And they said, well, your blood pressure is 200 over 110. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, someone told me about that, but I figured I could exercise and take care of it. And I, I ignored the fact that my entire family is hypertensive. Not some of us. All of us are hypertensive. And uh, I ignored that because I could take care of it. As a result, I was uh, banned from class until my blood pressure was under control. They would not let me go into classes. I could not see patients. I couldn't do anything. And they said that when you have your pressure under control, then you may come back to class, and then you can be involved in taking care of other people. Uh, that was a blow, but it was a wake-up call that maybe I should pay attention to what I said when I said I trusted the Lord and trust him 100%. What I'm saying to you, have you made that commitment? You've committed to Christ to save you, but have you committed to Christ to guide you? You've committed to, to Christ to save you. Have you committed to Christ to guide you, to manage your life? to influence everything that you do, and that you be open to that, that you humble yourself before him, that you bow your head and you say, I'm not worthy, thank you, Lord. If you're not there, today is a nice time to start because you don't know what's gonna happen as you walk out of here, but you can definitely ask the Lord to guide you and to take care of you. Now it goes on, and, and James says, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. When you decide that you can take care of something, that you have this, that you have that, you're actually telling everyone else, I'm good. I'm better than you, and I don't need God. And there is your sin. You have taken yourself from God. You have put yourself in contention with God. You are now competing with God for your existence. I will tell you that my bets aren't on you. <laughs> I'm not betting for you, betting with you on that. How often do we not take what we say to the Lord first. A am, am I so much better than everyone else in here? The, the, the answer is absolutely not. Am I less of a sinner than everyone else in here? The answer is absolutely not. Are we all sinners trying very hard to hear what the Lord has to say? I hope absolutely. Why? 
Why, if you come in here on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and you say that you're going to worship the Lord, are you not doing that? Why, if you say that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, why are you not a sheep following your shepherd? If you have decided that Christ is Lord, then make him Lord. Let him be Lord. Humility is a strange thing. And you can be humble before the Lord, Lord, or you can be humiliated. You can be humble before the Lord, or you can be humiliated. And we've all been humiliated. We all have been. I, I, I don't think there's a person in this room that has not been humiliated, humiliated somewhere along the line. But for you to compete with God, to separate yourself away from God, is evil. It's not, eh, it's evil. It's not, well, you know, I didn't feel good today, and so I just thought I'd just kind of blow God off. No, it's evil. And evil is a separation from God, a separation from his commands, a disobedience to what he's asked you to do. And if you feel comfortable doing that, I suggest you re-examine yourself. Because there is, uh, there's no coming back from that. That's a road that you don't want to go down. It's a deep slope. It's a, a steep, steep hill. And as my grandmother used to say, you're going to hell in a handbasket at 999,000 miles an hour. And she said that. I never understood that until I got a little bit older and realized, okay, I know what a steep slope is now. I understand. So you have said, Lord, I accept your son as my savior. I believe he's your son. I believe that he's totally man. I believe that he is totally God. I believe that his sacrifice protects me, guides me, and keeps me from evil. If you say that, why would you presume that you could, as these gentlemen have presumed, that they can go to another city, not knowing anything about this city, take their goods, not knowing whether anyone wants them, stay there a year, leave with a profit or with extra earnings. Why? Without asking the Lord, without talking to your Savior, without talking to your master. I know that word sounds really hard to people, master. Well, that, that's just the deal. That's the way it is. We should get over that. You know, that's the deal. God is sovereign and we are not, okay? God is almighty and we are not. God is the alpha and the omega, we are not. We are fortunate that he cared enough for us that in all of our boasting and in all of our arrogance, that he said, you know, they're pretty pitiful. 
son, you're going to have to go down here and work this out for them because they're not going to be able to do it. And the only man that knew exactly what was going to happen to him his entire life walked that life, took the burden, and he even went and prayed beforehand and asked his father to take it from him. But he said a few little words, but it be your will, not mine. And he walked into the punishment. He walked into carrying all of our sin. He walked into being on the cross and hanging there for us. And I don't know that I can boast about myself under those circumstances. I don't know if I can elevate myself much higher than that floor under those circumstances. My salvation is because he died on the cross. Everything I have is because he died on the cross. My continuance is because he died on the cross and that I will be with him when this vapor is gone. Now, I take this very seriously, and I imagine most of you all do, and if I seem stern, that's because that's who I am. Um, <laughs> uh, the realities are the realities. Uh, you know, it's like two plus two is four. Man without God is death. Simple, simple, simple math. You know, it, it's not hard. That is not hard at all. It's not difficult at all. Uh, we tend to be full of ourselves. We tend to be, every one of us. I mean, there's not nobody in here that isn't. And sometimes we're down and we're hurting, and oh my God, what am I gonna do? And most of the time, we are proud of who we are. And God didn't say you can't be proud, but you can't be obnoxious. You can't be proud outside of what he's done for you. You can't elevate yourself above other people. That's not what this is about. Now, those five verses, illustrate that the church that he was talking to had people who had accepted Christ. They were Christians. And, and it was early. It was early in the, in the church. And they had attitudes that they needed to have straightened out. But they had been told the truth. They knew the truth. They knew it was right. And those of you that are in this room, I'll say 95% of you know the truth. You know what's right. And that last verse says, therefore, it's talking to all of us, to one who knows the right thing to do, who knows the right thing to do, and still doesn't do it, it's sin. You're walking down the street and we have a lot of homeless people these days. And one of them stops you and says, would you uh, give me 50 cents so I can get a bottle of water? And you look at him and you say, oh my goodness, no. How do you know who that person was that asked you for 50 cents? Have you never struggled? Have you never been in need of help? 
Now, the person could be the worst person in the world, but that isn't your decision. You don't get to judge. And John told us about that last week. You do not get to judge. Now, if you don't have anything to give them, you say so. Bless them. Pray for them. Give them something. But don't give them attitude. Because every one of us, at some point in time, has walked in despair. We've needed help from someone. And we've asked for help. And sometimes you don't get it. That's on them. If someone asks you for help, and you know they need help, and you know that it's right to help them, help them. Don't ignore them. Help them. Now, I had 5,000 different verses here. There's just a stack of them. And the Lord has, has led me to the point that we can't be arrogant. We can't boast. We can't presume. Christians are some presumptuous people because we are saved, yay for us. And we do think that we're better than everyone else. No, you're saved. And God has given you that opportunity to be saved. And because you are saved, you need to be going out and finding all the people that need the Lord and let them know what he gave you what he's done for you. You want to be really top-notch as a Christian? Get off your high horse, put on your tennis shoes, and walk the walk. Talk to those people who are wondering, who are questioning, who don't know where their lives are going. Don't be presumptuous. You don't know. Don't be arrogant. You're not all that in a bag of chips. I think that's what the kids used to say. I'm, a little, I'm an old guy, okay? So they don't say that anymore. But you're just not that. But you are children of God. And if he led you to him and asked you to help others, how hard could that be? Why wouldn't you do it? See, this message was for us, for Christians for people who know the truth, for people who know that they were sinners, that they are sinners, and that God felt good enough to us. Or he, good enough is the wrong word. God felt that we should have an option. And he put his son on the cross. He put him on the cross. Now, I'm not sure how you imagine that, but you probably should try to have nails run through your wrists, through your ankle bones, stabbed in the side. And prior to that, having been whipped and beaten, scourged. And prior and after that, to carry your cross to where they were going to put you on it. And then tell me about all of your despair and all of your pain and all of the suffering that you have. Because trust me, who did you suffer for? Who did you suffer for? 
He suffered for you. You should trust the Lord. You should humble yourself before the Lord. You should not presume that you know anything outside of what God guides you to know. You should bless other people as you've been blessed. You should uh, honor God by honoring his creation and helping those who need help. You should not elevate yourself to the point that you think that you and only you can do what needs to be done because if you don't do it, somewhere in the scripture says he will get the stones to get up and talk and walk and work. God can move anything. He's chosen us to do it. He's given us the opportunity to do it and we probably should do it. Now, I have a, a favorite verse that I want to read to you all. It's over in Proverbs. I'll find it here in just a second. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will bring healing to your bones and my eyes and refreshment. It says it will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And uh, if you need glasses, get them. <laughs> uh, the, the point, we need to trust the Lord. We need to trust him with everything that we have, with all of our being. And that is every person in this room. That's not just the adults. It's not just the kids. It's not just the young adults. It's everyone. God wants us all to be honorable because he is honorable. He wants us all to help because he has helped us. He wants us all to move forward in righteousness because he is righteousness. We do not have the option. We do not have the option to be presumptuous, arrogant, or boastful. We need to praise God in humility at all times. If you all will pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we are uh, we're here this morning to thank you, Lord, for our lives, to thank you, Lord, for your goodness, to thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, all of the grace and the mercy that you've extended to us. We pray, Father, that we would be uh, true to our word and our commitment to your Son, and that we would leave this place, this day, honoring you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.